He basically puts the clicker into her hole. That's not going to sound right. Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today we are going to discuss a game called Alan Wake. Alan Wake is from, at least according to Steam, 2012? 2012, but it was a 2010 Xbox exclusive. Okay, so it actually came a little bit later than... Yeah, which is why at the bottom of it is like PC version developed by Nitro Games, copyright 2012. So they ported it to PC and maybe some other platforms. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, it was a 360 exclusive for the Xbox in 2010. And then the rest of the plebs like us got it in 2012. I definitely played it in 2012 or 2013. Because um, I had never played the DLC. I just played the main game and was done with it. Interesting. Okay, we'll, we'll get into all of that, I suppose, in a bit. It has very positive reviews overall and recent the overall it's over twenty five thousand reviews mm. and this game keeps getting mentioned as being good i don't know if it's if it's a crazed fan base because i don't think it didn't do well like when it was released it released at the same time as red dead redemption and by comparison red dead redemption sold 1.5 million copies and Alan Wake sold about 20,000 or so. It was something ridiculous. I don't have the exact numbers, but Red Dead just wiped the floor with Alan Wake. Well, they're very different games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it did, it got like gold status and stuff later. It was a really cult, cult kind of hit. Which I'm normally, you know, the, the cult base. I like being part of that, but, mm-hmm. and you know this because we've been messaging back and forth throughout this. I don't like Alan Wake. I've played Alan Wake just recently. I picked it up because I was playing Control by the same developer. Right. right? Um, Remedy Games. Remedy Entertainment. They've also made Quantum Break, which you've also played, correct? Yep. I've played all their games. Max Payne. Quantum. Was that them too? Yeah. Yeah, they made Max Payne 1 and 2. Rockstar made 3. What? You got a problem with Max Payne now? Yeah. What? Max Payne is awesome. What are you talking about? That's it. This this episode is over. <laughs> what? Really? You don't like yes. Max Payne? Yes. And I think that it's a lot of the same things. It makes complete sense when you say that. When you say, oh, they made Max Payne as well. I went, oh, well, that's very <laughs> fitting. Because so many of the things I don't like in Alan Wake, so many of the things I don't like in Control, mm-hmm. I also didn't like in Max Payne. What was it? Story? That was part of it, but a lot of it is gameplay. Mm. And the story got to be a bit much. But let's not harp on Max Payne. We can yeah. talk about that another time. I will say that I played Control because we got it with the Humble Monthly at yeah. one point. And they make visually great games. Yeah. Like you told me that Alan Wickey's coming out with a remaster. And I went, why? It already looks fine. The look isn't the problem. For me, it's mostly the story, the gameplay, and the just some, some other things that just don't work. I, I throw controls in the, the gameplay, which probably not as much of a problem for me as for you, because it was an Xbox exclusive. Mm. It was designed for a controller. That's what I was using. Yep. But there are still a few things where <laughs> rage-inducing, like rage-quit-inducing. Alan Wake, a little bit less, I think, than Control, just because Control... The checkpoints are so far apart from each other, and there are so many times where you can, I feel, unfairly be knocked out. But I felt a lot of that in Alan Wake, too, and I know that you 
felt that a little bit in the more recent playthrough. It is $15 a base, which is a pretty good price for it. You get about 15 hours with it, and I think you get the DLC, or maybe you have to get a you, different no, bundle. You no, get, you, get you, get, you get it with the DLC, which is funny, because when the DLC was dropped on its own, it cost you... It was free, but if you had um, bought the game like pre-owned... You had to have, you, you, you needed a code and you had to pay $20 for each DLC. <laughs> and considering that they're about an hour and a half each, that is pretty steep. I don't know how they kept their fans after that. That must have <laughs> just been, uh, uh. anyway, we can't really get into that till we get into the DLC. But there are a few things to talk about just before we get into the spoiler section. So one is primarily I'm letting the story be told ran by Darren just because I'm afraid that I will be too snarky all the way through. I just don't think I have it in me to be able to go through it and not just constantly say the things that are irritating me because a lot of this game did. But then I'm just going to say it and then you're just going to say why it irritated you anyway. So Possibly. But <laughs> I don't I see think, how this is going to help. But I think through... The very me describing absolutely everything, uh, it would just be sarcastic the whole right, way right. through. Yeah, my notes are a lot shorter than yours. Your yours usually very detailed, meticulous notes. Mine's are my whole story is on three bits of paper here, so and widely spaced. I think that's yes. perfect. I think that's great. That's the other thing is if I wanted to do the notes, that would have meant that I because I started just to have fun. Mm -hmm. I played Control. You said, look, don't do the DLC until you've done Alan Wake because. There is a connection. Yeah. And I said, okay. So you've been harping on me to play Alan Wake for years. Good excuse to go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. And I did. So when it comes to talking about Alan Wake, we are going to talk about the DLC. We are going to talk, I think, a bit about control. I think mostly what I'm going to talk about, though, are some of the similar game mechanics, story mechanics... Things yeah, that, not actual spoilers for Control. Not really, except for the the semi-minor one of there is a connection between this and yeah. Alan Wake. Yeah. But I think when we get to the end bit of the story, there might be, just when we talk about that actual DLC. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm going to say that we're going to try to be Control story-free. Yes, I would agree. That's... Maybe just that one DLC, which... Honestly, isn't that much of a spoiler. After not, I played not, it, I mean, it's not that much of a it's spoiler. It's not a huge spoiler, but just it might give something away that. Right. Know. And that's fine. You know me, I'm a very, I don't want any spoilers. So I was glad to get the warning. But I think for most people, they really won't care about that one. But maybe they will. But maybe they will. So here it is. That's your spoiler warning. We're going to spoil maybe one DLC in control. And Alan Wake, definitely. A lot of spoilers coming. So, uh, if you've not played Alan Wake and you've been putting it off like I did for years, now's probably the time to play it. Come back and listen. For those of you who have already either enjoyed or suffered through Alan Wake, I'm not sure there's a middle ground. Here's your spoiler warning. I don't know. Some, some, some sound. Alan Wake sound. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where to begin. Um, well, well, let me say first off, I think that, you know, we do primarily puzzle games, puzzling movies like we want to piece together the stories or explain why we like the puzzles there's not really puzzles in this game i do think the story itself could be a puzzle though the way i've interpreted it 
doesn't feel like one, but we can't get that until we get to kind of our theories towards the end. Yeah, I've, I've got, I've got, yeah, maybe three ideas for the end. Um, none of them are very conclusive, that's for sure. Which is part of my problem. But we'll get to that when we get to that. I think, though, the biggest thing for me is I'm puzzled why it has such a strong fan base. I'm puzzled why people love this game. Why they love control when it comes to the story. Max Payne, I didn't expect, but that makes sense. I was more thinking Dead Space. I think that this kind of story works for you. Mm. And I'm not surprised why you like it, because I know all these other games that you love that I don't so much. Like for me, Dead Space, the best thing was actually that, what was it, 50 minute Dead Space cartoon? Right, where yeah, it actually yeah, yeah, had yeah. a full story. And I was like, this is probably the best we're ever going to get at getting a full mm-hmm. story. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they'll make a movie down it, the road. It was, but it was a good cartoon. That was pretty solid. And I felt that it was much better in the story department than any of the games that I've played. I think... The Dead Space games. Let me be yeah, specific. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the thing is that for people... Alan Wake and Dead Space and those those kind of games that were starting to come out in 2010... Again, I'm no, I'm no computer historian, but I think before that, games were very much just gameplay based and it was all just about shoot the, shoot the thing, boss levels, things like that. And people started to get into storytelling in games and people wanted more of that kind of, they wanted more storytelling. And then you start to see, you started to see shooter games have a story, which was totally bizarre, you know? And then, Alan Wake and around the 2010s, like the early, like 20, 2008 to 2012, maybe that was a real rush of these kind of storytelling games and people went bananas for them, myself included, because I liked, I liked the medium of telling a story through a computer game. And the reason I like Alan Wake is because it's very, it's got an X-Files vibe. It's very Stephen King and cheesy B-movie almost. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's, um, I like, I just, I, I like the supernatural aspect of it. It's why I like control as well. I love even simple things like this, the, the names that they give to things like the nail, the oldest house. They're just normal names, but they have weight to them for me because they've got a lot of lore behind them. You know, they've got a lot of things you can find, you read about, you talk to other characters about, and you can build this world in your own head as well because you're required to interact with the story to make up, to fill in the gaps. That, you know that's what I'm all about. That is what you're all about. And that's what I'm not all about. And that's the <laughs> difference. And I think that that's part of it. I found in Control, you can find a bunch of different things to read. But they are the driest things to read. They are standard like, SBI-style forms to yeah, fill out like the, for requisitions. The, the, the blacked-out, the yeah. classified bits. See, I like that dry stuff where you have to think about it and be like, what does this mean? It's not really what it means. It's what can I make it mean? You do get some of that story through reading, but that's part of my problem because it basically just is repeating what I already know for the most part. Yeah. The the, 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 the manuscript pages are weird. This this playthrough, I didn't even bother reading them. Like, I picked them up. <laughs> okay. I didn't read through most of them, and it was my first playthrough. Right, right. All right. So what I would say is, this is my thing. I understand you love these games. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand why, because I keep playing them and I keep feeling more frustrated and more disappointed and not sure what I'm missing. But you may have already hit it, which is 
kind of a point I was going to hit later, but the fact that you're filling in the story and you love doing that, Mm -hmm. whereas I want the writers to take a stand and I don't always feel they do that. So, because even Sam Lake himself, he's the like the creative director. He's the he is Max Payne's face, right? So Sam Lake, um, creative director of um, Remedy Entertainment, he himself has said like the classic. I mean, okay, look at it this way. In an interview he gave, his favorite TV his favorite TV shows are Lost, uh, X Files. Uh, he likes uh, a, a, for books. He likes House of Leaves. Um, it just, it was like a bingo card of all the things that I enjoy. Twin Peaks must be in Twin there. Peaks is in it. Yeah. Twin Peaks is there. Bright because Falls, Twin Alan Peaks. Alan Wake is so much yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah. That <laughs> kind of took me out of it at times. And so, um, but he's like the classic, oh, we don't want to give it all away. It's up to the players to make what they want to make of it. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a red flag. As soon as you said J.J. Abrams, I was like, oh, Justin's going to love this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into the game. So all where right. do we start off? Oh, well, we start off with... Uh, okay, so epi- the game is separated in, into episodes to make it more like a TV show as well. Was it done that way originally? It wasn't released episodically. It was released as a full game. It but- would be hard to do that in... I think in Xbox 2010 to release things episodically. Yeah. Because we were still on discs at that point. Yeah. So I think the whole, the whole thing was released, but it was just the game was presented as a TV show. They really went on to explore that side of things with Quantum Break. No, that's right. Not Quantum Leap. (laughs) 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 Um, I had to think what to, yeah, yeah. Um, if they make one though, I'd probably have to play that. What? Quantum 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 Leap game? Yeah. Um, what was his name? I can't remember. Scott Bakula? Scott Bakula, yeah. But yeah, so episodic content uh, released like a TV show. And so episode one is called Nightmare. And that's where you start start the way, you start the game. Alan Wake is just driving down the road. He hits the hitchhiker. And then we get like the little kind of tutorial bit. And so um, the, 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 the hitchhiker says something like, he reveals everything like I'm, I'm a creation that you made in your book. How does it feel to die by your own creation kind of stuff? And so we get to the... Basically, we just run to the um, we run to the, the lighthouse and then we wake up on a ferry. Pretty much, this is the first thing that really struck me was it cuts to like a cutscene, and I don't know about your monitor or, or your screen. The cutscenes are bad; they're they're worse than the game. And I said this many times when I was streaming this, like complaining every time a cutscene came up, they were all the pixels were like the size of like Lego bricks, and it was just it looked terrible. But the in-game game is much better. I don't understand. I think that's what they're going to be remastering. Are those cutscenes? Yeah. Because the game itself is actually... Re- for 2010, the game... You could sell that today and get away with it. I don't have a problem with the visuals as far as the way the models look, the environments mm. look. I think that is the best part of the game. And probably the about the only solid thing that I can say that is definitely good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even though it's from, what do you say, 2010, so a decade ago, that looks fine. I would be totally fine playing with that, especially if it's a more indie title. But then, so we wake up in the ferry, we're we're arriving in a place called Bright Falls. It's like a really picturesque place. I think it's in Oregon or something like that, Washington? Washington. I think it's... Washington State? I think it's, well, it's definitely Northwest. Doesn't matter anyway, yeah, it's, it's... But we get to meet... One of my favorite characters. What is his name? Pat Maine? Maine, yeah, yeah. There you go. First Stephen King reference right off the bat. Like, just Maine. Everything that Stephen King does is Maine. Yeah, yeah so Pat Maine, that, that was my first, like, 
Okay, Stephen King reference right there. That's the first one of the game. Um, and so, yeah, he's like the radio DJ old old guy. I don't know who does the voice. I would like to look it up. Some of the voice acting in this game is awful, in my <laughs> opinion. And some of it is surprisingly good. And he is just amazing. And yeah. every bit of dialogue he has, even with just the random radio shows that he runs, sound really good. Yeah, he is good. He is good. Uh, the guy who does Alan Wake, I'm not even going to pretend that I can pronounce his name. Some I, He's a weird. Like, sometimes he's, like on point and sometimes he's awful like just really bad i don't like his angry his... stuff his angry kind of kind of what's the angsty stuff that he does is quite cringy man it's i don't like it but i don't even like his just regular alan wake nah. i'm reading my mm. manuscript i don't like that i find it boring i don't get the emotion out of it yet he plays a scientist character in control who's great and he's great in that. And wait a second, this is the same person? Yeah. And it is. So he's got to be one of those actors that's very hit or miss. For me, as Alan Wake, boring. And the thing is, when it comes to Alan Wake, as in Control, and I'm assuming in Quantum Break, so much inner monologue that you have to listen to <laughs> all the time. So it's like Alan Wake never is quiet. No. And so this voice that I don't think is working for me is something I have to listen to all the time yeah and a lot of times saying what i already know yeah i'm not a fan of that kind of inner inner monologue kind of thing like when they do it especially in movies where you're watching it happen and then telling you what's happening when you're watching it it's like dude i already know i'm looking at it um but for for for, for alan wake he's like and, I, and he was going to the lighthouse like yeah i know i'm trying to get to the, the lighthouse <laughs> uh sometimes okay. they try to hint you a bit too much yeah yeah um, but, uh, yeah, Darling's, uh, what was his name? Pro- Professor Darling or something like that, Dr. Darling. His, uh, his musical hit in, uh, Control is quite interesting. So, uh, yeah, so get to there. We, we, uh, go into the diner, basically. And this is where we get introduced to, like, um, Rose, who is the diner lady, Cynthia Weaver, who is the lady holding the lamp, the old gods of Asgard, Odin and Thor. Um, who are like two rock, two like octogenarian rockers. Um, you get to play Lime and the Coconut for them twice. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that a lot of times they were using actual songs. Mm-hmm. There's only one that I would kind of hesitate again, but <laughs> it's towards the end. Uh, the diner is so Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like they took a picture off the screen and went, how do we make this yeah. into the game? And then you have Log Lady from Twin Peaks, who's basically just holding a lamp instead of a log. <laughs> it's like, oh, which is just a bit of a problem because I feel like this one and in control, they pull a lot from other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in this one, the Night Springs, which is clearly Twilight Zone. Yep. But they, in my opinion, don't really do it. Well, and it some of the episodes are good, man. I, I like the does, doesn't feel like a great homage to anything. It almost feels like they're just pulling from stuff instead of doing their own thing. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm being too critical, but because they kept pulling these things from our world and putting it in without really doing it, but then also having the ads 
for Verizon. There's a lot of product placement. I've never <laughs> seen so much product placement in a game. What is this, and, a Transformers movie? And the Energizer batteries, which I <laughs> I think they pulled out of before they could do the DLC because the batteries in the DLC are very different. Yes. It's just very weird that you're going to do this for some things and not for others. Yeah, I, I the, the, the product placement baffled me because right off the shot, you're driving a Lincoln. And it's right on the back of the car. <laughs> I didn't notice None that. of the other cars are marked. It's clearly a Ford pickup well, right next to you, you, but it doesn't say Ford. You wouldn't want any of the others to be because the driving in this game is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were marked, but then they... Uh, no, no. Get our name off there. Uh, we'll pay you to take our name yeah. off. But yeah, so it's like Lincoln, Verizon, Energizer. There's an Xbox. There's a lot of Microsoft plugs as well. Uh, yes, I've, yeah, I was blown away by product placement in this game. Which I don't mind so much. I think it's okay. The one TV that just showed ads was a bit much. Yes. But having an actual Verizon billboard felt mm. very natural. Yeah, and I think they wanted to do that to make the world seem realer. And, and I'm okay with that. I would much rather we actually say, oh, I need to check my messages on Facebook than, oh, I need to check my messages on head notebook or some right, weird right, stupid yeah. thing they're always trying to make up or whatever they try to replace Google with. Like Yeah, Google. Yeah. <laughs> By all means, that's fine. And if that helps you make a bit of money to make the game, it wasn't... I mean, it was in your face, but it didn't really bother me once I realized it was happening. Yeah. But when you do that, and yet then you try to create all this other stuff, which is... Clearly Twilight Zone, but it's not Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use real songs from the real world, but so many other things we're going to pretend don't really exist. It, right. Uh, something about that just is part of my problem, which is I never had suspension of disbelief in this game ever. Mm. But I think a lot of the things we've already talked about are part of that. And I'll get to more as, as we get through. But in the diner, we're there to get our key right yeah yeah so we've got to go into the dark the dark and scary toilet which we can't get in which is just come on why would you go bother the guy in the toilet to get your key just wait for him to yeah, finish like, that's <laughs> not going to, to put you in his good graces have you washed your hands yet um yeah so we get interrupted uh, or in intercept yeah intercepted by what's her name barbara barbara jagger mick jagger's mom um, and she gives us the key to the cabin at Cauldron Lake, which may or may not exist. Um, and then basically we just, we go there and there's a lot of walking around, trying to find fuses and switch on lights and. It's not in the house. Why don't you go check? Maybe there's another building. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, why would the fuse box not be in the house? I don't understand that. <laughs> um, and then, so, yeah, the, the, I, I've skipped over a lot of stuff here. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that happens in this, but, um, we, cabin goes dark and then Alan hears her scream. They have a fight or something like that, don't they? They have a fight. And this is one I kind of get. You understand that Alan Wake is a writer, that he's famous. We get that from his discussion with Pat Main and also with Rosie from the diner. And, and Barry as well on the phone. Oh, that's right. Of course, his agent slash best friend, who I hated in my first playthrough. I've got, to, I've got to admit, Barry, 
I like you this time around. I I did not like Barry my first. Does he grow on you? Because I he grew on me. I I liked him a lot more this second playthrough, man. A lot more. (laughs) I think I like some aspects about him, but I could have done with a lot less of him. Yeah, he's yeah, (laughs) especially towards the end. Yes, that's where it got to be a bit much. At first, I was okay with it, and then it went too far. Alan Wake finds the typewriter. Yes, it's supposed to be a vacation. She said, oh, I thought maybe you'd be inspired. Yeah, because he's, he's got writer's block. and He's irritated, and he wants to leave. And we know from later in the game that's because he's trying to get away from the formulaic books he's been writing, and he wants to write something different. But in this case, I understand. You wanted to be a vacation. She threw a typewriter in there. Now, how do you know she did? Because you're renting a cabin. It could have just been there. Yeah. But she, she admits, does confess to it. She though, confesses. Yeah. And then he just walks out and needs a bit of time. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But then her absolute ridiculous paranoia of the dark is a little bit much. I'm sure there are some people who are like this, but hers is a bit ridiculous, especially given she didn't bother to have a flashlight on her. Even though she just said, as we got into the car in town, that she got some just in case. If you're this paralyzed the second darkness happens, I think you would always have one on you. Especially in an old, dusty old cabin, like with one little power cord that connects to a broken generator. He has a cell phone. Why doesn't she? Yeah. In 2010. Seems a little bit much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we run back into the house. Um, she... It falls in, it's fallen into the lake or something like that. Which still makes no sense to me. We don't hear anything. We, we, we don't get to see that point, do we? Well, we do later, but it still doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Yeah. How she jumped or fell in makes no sense. Yeah, because it's all broken. It's like, yeah, she was pushed or grabbed or something like that, I guess. But um, nobody knows. And so he dives in, wakes up in a car again. Um, he's been in a car crash. First of many car crashes. <laughs> so many. There's a lot of car crashes in this game that just happen. <laughs> Not the car crashes of me driving, but just like it's part of the story. And another car crash. How do we transition to the next? this next part? I don't know. Have we done car crash yet? <laughs> uh, um, so well, yeah, they have to. Because why else would Alan lose his gun every time? Oh, for God's sake. That's one of my things on that list over there is stop taking my away like you know every time and that's part of why i wondered if it was originally released in chapters because then it would kind of make sense if you're releasing it and you're just starting and like over. a clean save almost yeah but even sometimes mid-chapter they take away yeah. everything from you yeah every time yeah it's like i was scrolling through my inventory like i'm sure i had a shotgun and they're like oh yeah i don't it's just it's just evaporated uh don't even get me started on the flares and they don't give you very much, even I, full disclosure, I played on easy because so I, I had asked you if control had an easy level because <laughs> I was to the point where I just wanted to play for story yeah. and I knew this one, I just wanted to play for story. And especially I thought if I'm really frustrated by control, which came out much later and should be designed better mm. then definitely the earlier game I don't want to deal with and certainly not going to play on nightmare level, whatever that is. Yeah. When you told me about that as well, like just to now that we're on nightmare mode, like when you told me, I didn't realize that the pages from the manuscripts, you, some of them are like 
paywall behind nightmare level exactly. kind of thing. That's that's total rubbish to do that. I have to complete the game twice, or or maybe I don't know if you can unlock nightmare after you do it on easy. I think you have to complete it on normal first. So if you played it on easy and you got to the end, you didn't realize that you'd be like, oh, so I can't I can't actually play it on nightmare. Now I've got to play it again on normal. And then I've got to play it again on Nightmare. Well, even just having to play it twice is too much for yeah. me to, to expect me to do just to get some manuscript pages when the manuscript pages I've read weren't interesting at all. Yeah. Well, I, cause, cause they do, they just describe like the guy attacked Alan Wake with an axe. It's like, yeah, I, I did that. I shot him. I just did that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some of the Nightmare pages I did. I did get a hold of the nightmare pages, and they do have little bits of extra stuff. They've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff from from um, Thomas Zane, uh, and they've got some some like uh, songs by by like like verses from the the old gods of Asgard and things like that. So they've got different bits that are not just like what you did in the game. So yeah, so you wake up from this car crash again, and you don't have your cell phone. You don't have anything. A week has passed, right? Uh, we, yeah, you find out later on when you meet, um, what's her name? Supercop, um, Sarah Breaker. Uh, a week's, a week's gone by. Uh, and not only that, but the, uh, Cauldron Lake cabin hasn't existed since 1970. So what was all that about? Mystery. And that's pretty much the end of chapter one. That's it. You get, to, you, you go through the forest to get to a gas station. You kill Stucky. Oh, that takes forever. It does take forever. Time. And oh, and of course, you get to meet Thomas Zane, and he gives you a flashlight and a gun. That's right, just beams them into you. Which I mean, as you're playing the game, again for me, I was like, "What the hell's going on?" You know. But by the by the midpoint of the game, I'm like, "Ah, okay, it's starting to make sense to me. This is just a a world that's being written as we go through it." Um, so I, I like that aspect of the game. How it's there's like. What is real? What's not real? Is is Alan Wake even real? Is Thomas Zane real? Is any of this real? Um, and yeah, save that for the end. But I've got, I definitely got a couple of ideas about that. Next episode is Taken, and Taken is when we go back to New York and we're in the house, and Alan Wake, the power goes out again. Wait, is this with the interview? No, this is the one where it's just it's just them in the house in the in the in the, in the flat and. She's like, oh, I did your photo shoot. You know, I've got your cover f- cover shots and stuff. And the power goes out. Alan goes and gets a flashlight. And then he tells her about, I think this is the point where he tells her about the clicker. So the story. And then she's like, did you just make that up? He's like, no, 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 it's totally real. But we all think, well, at least I thought, no, that's complete a complete lie. But it is the way that the story has been written. So it is there. It is true. And so... Yeah, that's going to lead into a whole rabbit hole. But yeah. I got that for at the end, but yeah, go ahead and what what happens next? So, I don't remember this part. Yeah, so um, basically, you just um, you come out of that dream, I guess, and then you're being checked up. You just c- kind of come to in Doctor Nelson's office, who's also voiced quite well as well. All the minor characters in the game have got good voice actors. It is weird, um, uh, and so. Dr. Nelson, um, and then we get this weird, the story goes off in this weird tangent where Alan gets a phone call. It's like, we've abducted your wife. <laughs> Go outside and find a, a message in this, in this old broken down car. And so he goes outside and he, he gets that, okay, my wife's been abducted. And then he, the kidnapper basically to cut a long story short, cause this bit goes on a bit too long. 
to cut the long story short, the kidnapper doesn't want money. The kidnapper wants Alan to finish his book. And now yeah. it's like, okay, this is getting sus. Like, what's yeah. going on? I don't know if it's in this chapter or next chapter because this trying to get to this guy takes forever. It takes two whole units almost, like two episodes pretty much. Okay. Because isn't this situation that he found manuscript pages, realized that he's somehow a character in the story, and yeah. now he wants to see how it ends or something? Something like that, yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, you gotta, you got to finish the book. And so... Which I'm not sure if I'd seen what happened to all the other characters, if I would want him to finish. <laughs> I might try to stop him from writing anymore. Yeah, please. <laughs> Cut your hands off, Alan. Um, uh, yeah, so that's it. So you basically, you get... Um, you get through that. I think this is where you're driving around in the daytime, or part of it is you're driving around in the daytime, and that's kind of cool because I like how the game is very, for me, it was very stressful because what we haven't talked about at all right now is let's maybe talk a little bit about the controls right now then because the fighting, because this is the first part where you feel like what well, I felt like I got relief. The daytime is not a time to be scared of anything. Nothing can get you, and well, I don't again. I didn't suspend disbelief, so I was never afraid of anything. Right. I was just annoyed by a lot of things. Right, because were you ever to that point where you were really feeling like you were in the horror movie? Yeah, uh, I always do that, man. I role play everything that I play, so okay. it's like I, I totally got, got got into this game. I admire that about you. I just couldn't. This game did too many things to break that for me. Mm. The collectibles, collectibles is always a collectibles thing to take right especially stop. five gallon thermos of. Coffee. This is what I'm going to steal from everyone. What? Why I gave are you up. doing that? I gave oh. up even looking for them. Like, just if I saw them, I picked them up. That's but, how I am. But even just having those mm -hmm. reminds me constantly. This is a game. This is a game. The manuscript pages just happen to be on my way, which I think is partly there to help you find your way because I found the maps were very confusing. If you got off the path, it was very easy to get completely lost and possibly awful just fall off things all the time um it almost punished you for wanting to explore and there were times where you would get off the path and more enemies would appear and then you would maybe find the secret cache of stuff which i appreciate that is at least explained yeah the secret caches are explained the emergency boxes that always have batteries and um, ammo makes no sense though <laughs> unless she was putting that there too. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate that they actually tried to make that fit into the story. But getting off the path just guarantees you're going to be launched into more of this awful combat. And it's, I'm going to say, the game is mostly combat. It feels like it's mostly combat. It's not a puzzle game. Mm. Maybe walking sim at best, but I spent most of my time in the combat. Shooting stuff. Uh, yeah. What, what were the controls like for you? Because I can tell you on the controller, they weren't terrible, but some of the way that Alan and the animations work doesn't work. I well. think that's, that's the main problem. For keyboard and mouse, it was fine, you know? So they didn't have like weird combinations that you had to stretch you, your hand all the way across nah, the keyboard. It was keyboard basically right mouse, right mouse was shine your flashlight, left mouse was to shoot your gun, <laughs> middle mouse button was to pop a flare, basically. So, or a flashbang, right? So, whichever you had selected, you could mouse wheel through to select your gun. Yeah, none of that, none of that was a problem. The controlling itself wasn't a huge problem. It was just the, A, the camera angles when you get blocked into some places, do not get stuck in a corner. And the game's insistence 
in spawning enemies behind me. Yeah, and you said you didn't notice this much in control. I did. I didn't notice but that I much. But I think that it's not the same in control because you have more area typically more to go around. Space. So yeah. it did. They like I played the DLC even after I played Alan Wake, and a lot of times they were spawning behind me. But maybe that's just where they were meant to spawn. So you could. The next time you play through that section, because you have to start over again, is that you could possibly go to a different direction, and now it won't spawn behind you because you're mm. in a different place. Whereas Alan Wake, a lot of it is so linear where the combat is going to happen. It's going to be on the path. Yeah. You kind of have to be around there. Yeah, and at least in control, when the enemies do spawn, you get that glow of light, so you know roughly what direction they're coming from. So maybe you can see the light coming in from behind you and you'll know to turn around. But in Alan Wake, you're just like, you're blasting people. Your back is almost against a wall, but somehow some guy is behind you, hitting you. And you're like, what the, you know, it's like a jump scare almost. Like no one is supposed to be there. I just looked there. I was running away from these guys in this direction to get some distance so I can flashlight them. I spin around and start shooting the three guys were chasing me and then another fourth guy is hitting me from the, from the back it's not right it's not no, right it's not and it makes the combat feel a bit unfair you also in combat have very repetitive enemies the same models over and over mm. again that guy in the tracksuit with the sickles or the uh, unbreakable guy the lumberjack <laughs> with the hatchets he's throwing at you only get a handful throughout the whole chainsaw game. guy hatchet guy cowboy hat guy I, I but i like i don't know why they chose this, but why do they speak like that? I don't mean their voices. They're obviously The weird. words that they're the saying. The words that they say, like, 20% off at, you know, fat moes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Omega-3 fatty acids are good for your health. <laughs> I don't know. I think that maybe they think it's funny, but it's really not. It's weird, man. That, that is weird. Maybe they're just trying to get them to say what they would have been saying in life. In real life. I think that's but what it is. But it just feels so unimaginative, which... Hurts <laughs> Alan Wake, in my opinion, but I can't get to that until later. Mm. As far as other things in combat, the maps, as I said, they're very linear. Once you get into the combat, you're kind of stuck. You always feel kind of cornered in. I was constantly getting stuck on things. If there is like the huge stage area we're going to come to later, stuff you can pick up during battle... The animation takes way too long, so you're just getting destroyed mm -hmm. before you can actually pick anything up. The move fast evade button didn't always seem to work. The, the run button is weird as well because it's also the dodge button. So if there's no enemies around, but you just want to run, and it does this like, <laughs> just like he's dodging nothing. He's just, I was just trying to do a jog, man. And also, what's up with that stamina, Alan? Like, you need to work out a bit more, man. He he's can run about only, 10 steps. He's the only person who's in worse shape than me, I think. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, uh, that was just awful throughout. The flashlight, too. I, I didn't like having to always make them get rid of their darkness shield. Mm -hmm. It's just but, part of the game mechanic, so I can... The look of it is good, but it gets tedious. And that's the thing. At first, I thought, this is clever. This is okay. There's no crosshairs to shoot with. But the mm. flashlight kind of shows you where you need to be. Right. But towards the end, it just gets ridiculous. Especially when you have the enemies that are too fast and they seem to teleport. Those guys. And 
This is something they do in Control too. So boy, do they love these characters that move super fast. You can't really follow. And they can avoid your attacks easily. Mm-hmm. Boy, do I not love yeah. those characters. <laughs> Playing through the two games. Going, oh, you brought those guys yeah. back again, huh? <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and nothing better than having a boss battle where you have those appear as well. Or 400 other random ones. Because the boss fights... They, well, not even just the boss fights, these teleport ones or anyone that has an explosive attack can do 99% of your damage, no matter even in control how much you leveled up your character. Mm-hmm. They will one shot you down to about 1% of health. So any random enemy can just one shot you then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hated that. And I was like, oh, y- you thought that it was great in Alan Wake. This is what people love. So you wanted to make sure that you brought it back again. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah, the Speedy Gonzalez characters, man, I did not like them at all. Not one bit. Uh, game was already difficult enough. I can't even imagine doing that on Nightmare Mode, man. Uh, I don't know what the difference is either. I appreciated, at least on easy mode, the flashlight would recharge itself. That is good in between fights as well. And also, Alan Wake, he's like the fastest maglite reloader in the West, man. It's like... He can recharge a flashlight quicker than you can, like, put a single shotgun shell in. But not even just recharge out of battle. Sometimes I was doing it in battle, where I was just backing away, getting away mm, as much as I could, back. getting a little bit back, because I was always afraid that I was going to hit a point where I was running out of batteries. I don't think I ever really did. I think in easy, I was fine with the batteries. But again, I was conserving like mad. Yeah, I was too. I think the only time I ran out of batteries was probably in the DLC, because there are a lot more... Um, stingy you have to hit, yeah. with their with their drops, and also I was spawning things and they were rolling off cliffs. <laughs> it did have that, yeah. <sighs> Not <laughs> often, but a couple times, and it only takes once to be irritating. Yeah, it does, man. It's like, oh, sweet, I need batteries. Woo. Oh, they've they've gone off the edge. Um, right. So, so yeah. So we get a call from Rose. Rose says she's got pages of his book. Barry's like, yeah, man, we'll be there. We get we get to Rose's house. She lives in a trailer park, and. Rose drugs us. Well, she's also acting weird from the beginning, and they don't seem to really be aware. No, no, she's talking like, yeah, like, Alan, you've seen all this stuff. She's clearly possessed. Like, what's, you know, what, what, what's going on, man? Don't drink the tea. Yeah, don't drink the tea. Uh, but yeah, th- it's here where we get to meet Agent Nightingale. What did you think about Agent Nightingale, the FBI guy? Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> The one who just constantly names refers every to author him. under the sun. Just pick one. Yeah, and go. That's far enough, Brett Easton Ellis. What are you thinking about? What are you doing, Stephen King? Hey, slow down there, Hemingway. <laughs> Get back here, Virginia Woolf. <laughs> I I couldn't stand him. I hated him in every way. <laughs> I was hoping that we would just get to shoot him and be done with him. Oh, we get almost something as yeah, nice. But, but he was in the game for so long. <laughs> it was funny at first. I, 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 I like that. Away, you get away with one of them. That's the thing. You get away with one or pick one and stick with it. It felt like towards the end, it's like, you're just flexing authors, man. That's all you're doing. <laughs> and they're not impressive authors. You're not pulling really unknown geniuses out here. Yeah. You're... Spitting some of the most common, well-known authors. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was so. Because I'm pretty sure Stephen King was like the first one. The Stephen King was the first one, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, so we meet uh, uh, Agent Nightingale, 
and he's very trigger happy and uh, Alan Wake escapes the police force. He gets into a, I think he runs into a mine or something like that. Um, yeah, you have to go through a mine. You meet up with the kidnapper again and then you get to the, it's like a platform out above the lake. And then he confesses he had nothing to do. There's, there was no kidnapping, you know, it's just the big Lebowski, but Twin Peaks style. And, uh, Alan, she, he gets like taken away by this big tornado and Alan Wake jumps like 50,000 feet <laughs> into a lake with a flare and survives. But again, all of this makes sense at the end, to me at least, uh, because none of this is real, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But, okay, I think we're going to be on the same page on that one then. Yeah. Um, and so that's it. You jump into the lake, and then they play uh, another song. I, li- I like the songs in between as well. It's like, and it was like there was no. It was a weird choice to have. Like just they played us. They play a song at the end of every episode. There's no credits. There's nothing to watch. You have to press skip to get out of you it. You've got to skip to... You can let the song finish or you can let it play. Uh, that's the same thing, Darren. You can let the song play and finish or you can skip past it. I listened to the Roy Orbison one at the end of episode one because because it reminded me of Blue Velvet. That's the song that Dennis Hopper goes mental to. Uh, and then David Bowie is one of them. They play Space Oddity. That's at the end of the game. Is that at the end of the game? And that's the one I kind of have a problem with just because I get the oddity part, but this game has nothing to do with space. And also, (laughs) I feel a bit protective of that one. I thought it had been used more. I kind of looked it up. And I don't think it's been used as often as I feel it has been used. So I kind of felt like, oh, it's been overused. They shouldn't use it. But I think it's been referenced a lot. I don't think I've ever heard it in a game before. And I, 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 I wouldn't say necessarily game, but I was, I was thinking in, in movies. movies and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard it in movies quite a lot. Yeah, I, I think. But you're saying it's not as much as what we might think it is? That's my guess. That's my, Just from a cursory search, I thought it had been used tons, and mm. maybe it's been a bit overused. But I'll say maybe not. Referenced maybe, but I'm just not sure that it fits this game as well as they think it did and uh poets of the fall who i don't really know but their fans are rabid man absolutely rabid like um they love them and i think i might get lynched for this they're all right (laughs) not really my style of rock i don't think you get lynched for that one (laughs) (laughs) but i mean the people that like alan wake they're like poets of the fall my favorite band ever like i like that i like their track and control um, uh, m- more than probably the songs in, in Alan Wake, to be honest. Um, we wake up now in episode four, and this is called The Truth. And so we're at, we're with Dr. Hartman, um, and at his like sanatorium or whatever it is, his, what is it? It's kind of, it's like a retreat or something, yeah. but yeah, it basically is because he, as far as we know, is a psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, and he's got his he's got his nose taped up because we broke it earlier. Uh, forgot to say that before. Yeah, he he tells us to come and stay with him, and we 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 punch him, and so he's got that, and he's got that in control as well. Well, that's part of the thing with his wife, with Alan Wake's wife, is that she set that up as well. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, we'll be near this, so maybe you can go to that mm. and. She's been seeing the doctor and explaining all the issues that Alan may have. Yes. The doctor, Hartman, he's been helping people with their creative problems for years or something. His whole character is very weird and doesn't seem to quite fit. But 
they needed, I feel, to put this, oh, maybe this isn't real, Alan, into the story here. And it feels a bit forced. Yeah. I like the idea of it, though. I like the idea how this is like an, it's almost like an episode of Heroes where you've got the painter who's painted Alan Wake, but he's never met him before. And you've got the the sons of Odin or whatever they're called, the old gods of Asgard band who write songs about things that are actually come to come true. And then you had Tom Zane, who was a poet who came here and his poetry came to life. And so this guy, Dr. Hartman, is trying to harness whatever power this Cauldron Lake has to write things into reality, I guess, is is what he's trying to do. Maybe. Or, di- yeah, or, I'm di- not or, really or, or sure. discover a way to do it or do, like just or, or research the power of, of the lake or whatever it is. But um, I think that's more it. I think he's trying to figure out what the power is and mm-hmm. tap into it. Especially with the hint we get from a tape we have of him in control as well. Yeah. But what's weird about control is he's got the tape on his nose. It's like so he that doesn't make sense because Well he goes beyond that, though. So I, I think maybe we'll get to the story part for him yeah. later. Um, but they, no, of course, we need to have all our weapons taken away because we're in the sanitarium. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, nothing, not even a flashlight. Uh, so he's basically saying, oh, no, Alan, your wife is actually dead. Um, you're processing your grief. And so uh, I wrote down here, wife is actually dead. Alan is dealing with grief. Alan is having none of it and escapes. He goes to the gods of Asgard farm and has a concert with Barry. Yes. So this is the stage part <laughs> I was saying where there was a pump action shotgun that I just couldn't pick up no matter how many times I did this because <laughs> they, it took so long and it was among so many other things that even if I got the button held down, mm-hmm. Alan Wake would choose to pick up a battery or something instead. Right. Like, no, just pick up the pump action shotgun that I need because I'm being surrounded. Yeah. The view looks good as far as, oh, wow, it's a concert. There are fireworks everywhere. I like that. Barry says the same thing like a hundred times. And if it takes you a number of times to get through this, as it did me, Mm -hmm. well, that gets really irritating really fast. Right. And also he says, hey, this whole area is stockpiled. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I noticed, Barry. I can't pick it up before, like, three (laughs) guys hit me in the head and I die and I have to start this all over again. What I will say is the the achievements for this level, if you look at the achievements, a lot of this game is like, do this part without taking any damage. Like, they've got (laughs) ten of the achievements are like that and it's like, there's no chance in hell I am doing this on Nightmare without taking damage. Are you kidding me? And also, if you look at some of the achievement, because um, I was like, that's impossible. So if you look at some of the achievement guides, they're just like, basically, all you, what you have to do is run. Like, don't even think about getting into combat. Just run. But like, how can you run? Because you can only take about 20 steps. And then you... <laughs> <laughs> Completely out of breath. Yeah. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, running and flares. I think run, hold a flare, get your breath back. That runs out, run, kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, so you have the concert. And then Alan and Barry get hammered on moonshine and Alan crashes another car. That was so stupid. <laughs> Your life's at stake. There are demons everywhere. Let's get drunk. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he has like a, a dream or something like that when he's, when he's out of it and then wakes up in jail. So this is episode five, The Clicker. And... We get to see your favorite character again, Mr. Nightingale, 
murder or Stephen King. Why are um, they in the jail? I, d- I think they just picked them up because they, they crashed the car and because they're drunk. Oh, t- I forgot that. So they crashed the car <laughs> yeah, again. Okay. Yeah, they crashed another car. It's like, cr- that's car number three he's crashed. Maybe even four. Um, and so you wake up in jail um, and basically Nightingale gets kind of whooshed away by the darkness at the door. So it's now Sarah and Alan. And this part I liked because they have to team up together and I could let Sarah do everything. And it was great. Just like, you kill them all. You yes. do it. <laughs> this is not an escort mission. She's you can let insane, her do it. man. She is like badass, man. <laughs> she just nails everything. And so you go through the town. Sarah does all the heavy lifting. Even when I was trying, I'm like, I would get to the point where I would uh, have them in my sights. The darkness is all done away. And then I'm about to pull the trigger and Sarah would just blast them. And then I would also shoot. But I'm like missing the missing the goal. I was mostly just backing up to recharge my flashlight. Right. I'd maybe take an occasional shot, but why waste ammo? Yeah. In a game yeah. where ammo's, well, it's limited at the beginning of every chapter. So I need to stockpile as much mm-hmm. as I can. And then by the end of every chapter, I have more than I can hold. Yeah. But at the beginning, starting with zero, like, well, I, I need to get to that point again. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's one thing as well that I didn't, I, me- I meant to mention before. It's probably over here is, did this happen for you as well, where you've got the flashlight, you're in a really tense combat situation, you're getting, you're getting flanked and stuff, and you, so you've got the flashlight, you're not burning it away, you're not wasting it, but you've got it on someone, and they're just coming towards you, it's like, the lights get floor, slow it, and you've almost got them, and then it's like, out of batteries, and you had to recharge. I'd say seven out of ten times that happened to me, man, it was just like, especially for when it counted. I don't think it happened that much to me, but that's because I was being super conservative with my battery uh, because it would charge up. So I was doing a lot of kiting where I would back up and right, back up okay. and back up and and then do that because I think early game I had that and realized that was a problem and didn't. It want was to almost do without that. fail. It was like just wait, wait, it's gonna go, it's gonna go, it's gonna go. Who's gonna get first, me or him? It's like no, nah, it's me every time. I always run out of juice. And then you have to start over again, right? Because their darkness is now completely. It comes back. back. It does come back if you go away from them for a long time. But luckily, the the reloading of flashlight is super super fast. I don't know how he manages that, but. especially with a gun in one hand and a flashlight in the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Sarah has a key for everything in this town. Yes, the bookstore, everything. Someone's back garden. <laughs> some 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 person's gate in their back garden. She's got a key for it. Except um, for the church, and she's mad about that one. And she's mad about the church because she's told him to fix the lock because her key doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and so you get into the church, um, and then it's very well lit for Deerfest. It's well, yeah, well lit for Deerfest. And then we got to do the get to the chopper, and then we got to fight a bunch. There's lots of these big, big battles that come up now, like where it's just like endless. Is Barry back with us at this point? Yeah, yeah, Barry's Barry's with us. That's the only manuscript page I read that I went, okay, that's kind of amusing because we get separated and Barry... Gets finds, a school bus thrown at him is what he says, yeah. But he also finds himself in a hardware store or something right. and realizes, actually, there's a lot of useful stuff here. And that's when he covers himself in Christmas lights right, and right. gets all the other stuff. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Barry. Christmas, but just, Christmas tree Barry. But basically just says... And then Barry smiled or something like that. So you knew he was just happy that he can get all the stuff he right. needs. And I was like, okay, that's kind of amusing. And that would happen when we didn't see him. 
you can easily put that together mm-hmm. because he basically says it, yeah. you know, when they meet back up. But that page, because I hadn't seen him again yet, I was like, well, that's kind of amusing. But it was kind of taken away by the fact that Barry came back to us. Yeah. I thought that was just, that was Barry's ending to the story. <laughs> <laughs> you were like... Oh, this is a good way to send off Barry. Oh, no, he's back. <laughs> For a very long time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so we get to the, we get to the, uh, helicopter. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the part with the, the gate that Barry needs to open? Or is that coming up later? Oh, the, there's like a, yeah, um, that, 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 that's this point, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's on this the other side of the gate. Oh, I found a quarter. Oh. This one isn't the right key. Oh, look at this. <laughs> oh, and hearing it over and over again. Yeah. And it also, there's a lot of dialogue in there, a lot of monologue that this is like, I thought, is this part of the, should I be listening to this? Is this part of the game? It's like, it's just sitting there listening. It's like, is this going anywhere? No, Barry's just talking to himself. <laughs> okay, it's time to leave. Um, and so uh, we get to the power plant eventually. And... The power plant is where Cynthia Weaver lives, more or less. Yes. Getting to her was a bit irritating. There was that whole section around the generators or yeah. transformers, whatever, with electricity just shooting out everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. you had to find your way through. And probably nowhere in the game did I feel more cornered than in this little tunnels where... There was one section where literally it was designed so that... There was a guy coming from here and a guy coming from there. You know exactly the part I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And that was awful. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it was, and it wasn't just two little guys. It was one big guy. It was the cowboy hat guy. And then it was just... Then it was the sickle, the the unbreakable raincoat guy. Just like, oh. I managed to I managed to do something sneaky with that, though. I did manage to dodge out the way as the big cowboy hat guy was hitting me and he chopped into one of the power cables and died. Oh, that's good. So that was a nice environmental kill, which you can do occasionally. And then, uh, uh, so we get to there. A weird puzzle. There, th- this is where there's a f- finally some kind of puzzle. And that's the one where you remember you had to walk across and then across and then across. Yeah, but it's barely a puzzle. But I mean, what a strange puzzle to put in. It's like, A, why does this exist? <laughs> and B, now you want me to parkour back across it in a game where the controls are the best. But where, where straight is actually northwest, you know? Like, for me, again, I guess it's the same in controller. It took me a couple but, tries, yeah. I mean, just the, the way that this camera looks on the screen, I had to swing way, I was like, I was out here almost. Like, you are like a full car away. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I'll make it on the right-hand side. I know what you're saying. To I go didn't, straight. I didn't feel that, though. I did feel, though, that... The time was a bit off, and the amount of time they gave you was maybe not quite enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the first one was like, oh, I can just walk across it. Second one, I'm walking across it. Oh, no, now I'm dead. <laughs> so from then I was like, run and jump as soon yeah. as I can. Yeah, pretty much. And then a couple of jump scares later, we're back in the place. And I like stuff like this in games where they've got just different things. Like this, this, this... um What's it called? The well-lit room. Again, the way that they name things in this universe, I, I, I like it because it's there's nothing special about any of those words, but this is a special room. I do kind of like this character. Uh, what is her name? Cynthia, Cynthia Weaver. Weaver, yeah. So I like the fact that she's an excuse for why we have all these secret caches yeah. everywhere, that Alan can see it because he's seen death or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So not everybody can see them. That She has a romantic 
connection to Thomas Zane, supposedly. Yes. I don't really like her, and in fact, most of the characters I find to be somewhat two-dimensional. But I like the way she fills some of the gaps in the story. Mm-hmm. And that is not something I'm going to say often about Alan Wake. But I think she fits a number of those things all at the same time. And even though she's a weird character, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Cynthia's fine. She's totally got her own survival front and center because uh, the chopper kind of gets taken out by birds and I hate those birds. Pretty bad. The every, sound is so irritating as well. Every time. It's like, I, I don't mind when they swing the camera around and they're like, they're coming for you. Alfred Hitchcock, the birds, here they come. But when they just like, all of a sudden you just walk in and it's like, they just tear through you and take off half your health. And it's not that. There's three swarms of them. I died more from birds than people in this game, I think. I think the birds got me the most. Well, um, I have a whole thing against flying enemies in video games to begin with. So <laughs> this is just one more to add to my list. Yeah. Um, and then, so she's like, well, forget them. They're dead. And I was like, no, no, I got to save my friend. She's like, well, pfft, see ya. And uh, she, she, she just goes off to meet him at the dam. Is it the dam they're going to? Something like Something that. that. Yeah. So we get there, and then again to cut a long story short, the slowest elevator in the universe arrives, and we escape pretty much at the end of of all that. Like, um, and that that elevator is just just on purpose to fight waves and waves and waves and waves of enemies. Of course it is. And then I think that's the end of that. I think. But that's where you get the clicker. Is in the world. Oh, right that's right. That's right. Yeah, they get the clicker. Yes. Um, which appears to just be. A lamp on-off switch, which has been cut, cut off. Cut off, yeah. Chapter six is departure, and this is the last chapter. The worst driving escape thing ever is in this chapter. Yeah. You get to drive for about five seconds in every vehicle. Yeah, it's like it's like a relay, a relay race of uh, cars, isn't it? And there's um, no point to even stop and fight for most of it. No, nah, no, nah, you just, just drive, run just through. drive through them. But basically, you, I just, I didn't write down a lot for this because I don't really remember what happens in this. I just wrote, cause I didn't write, I didn't take these notes as I was playing. I wrote them down after each, each chapter, but not, nothing really stood out in this. It was just a lot of driving. Yes. That's what I mean. It's just and then, so much driving. I think there was a part on the bridge, which is just really frustrating for me and took me ages to get through. Right. But you basically get to the end where there's that tornado. tornado. And then it's like fire a billion flares into <laughs> a tornado. And I didn't know what was going on for a long time. I had to do a walkthrough. Oh, to, really? To, because I sort of understood, but... You kept on getting knocked off because you got to take out the bus or the, the boat. Something to... just didn't seem to be working. Yeah. And I was like, am I doing it right? Am I right. not? And it takes a long time to even know if you're doing anything mm. right or not. So... Yeah, because you're shooting into that thing. And luckily, they've got like infinite flare gun bullets. Yes. Which is another thing that I meant to say earlier as well. Is like every time you pick up the flare gun, when you find it, you're like, yes, I got a flare gun. And you don't do anything. And you turn around and there's a guy there. You're like, okay, shoot him. And you've, the flare gun, when you pick it up, equips itself. Every time you pick up a new weapon, it equips itself. Yeah. Ah, and it just, that I, was a I wasted choice. so many flare. I shot more flare guns bullets by accident than I actually used to kill things in this game. Definitely. Or, or I was wasting flares on like little puny little guys. But yeah, so we've, we, we, we do that. We wake up in another dream and then we're in, the, we're in the New York apartment again with Alice. 
and she's obviously not Alice. This is where this is where he grabs the clicker. And this is also where the interview is, right? Yes. Oh, um, that interview. Is I love this such, interview. I love it's it. So agonizing. It's to brilliant. Through. It's so bad. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I think if you get to that point, maybe, maybe because even the English is dubbed. It's like their bands are not moving to what they're saying. It's so good. <laughs> that's the way it is with all of that. Even the Night Spring stuff. It just seems to be random images that they do voiceover to. Right, it's right, so right. So weird they've made that choice. Yeah. And I will say that I'm glad they didn't do that in Control. They did a much better job with what they were Th- doing. Threshold with the, Kids. With the FMV and definitely Threshold Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to see Threshold Kids. It's the only thing I really want to see. <laughs> But Night Springs, that's the thing is, there are a couple that are mildly interesting, but they're like a Twilight Zone that lasts two minutes, and yeah. the visuals don't match with what they're saying always, and yeah, yeah so it didn't always work. <coughs> this very much felt like the, the visuals were matching, but it was just so phony. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's super, super phony, and uh, yeah, it's it's bad, but I... I, I just loved that because it was so super over the top cheesy. Um, I said the night spring. I, I wrote down. I didn't write this down. I copied this off of the Wiki, the Wikipedia page. But like, there's six episodes of Night Springs to watch, and I I liked some of them. I like most of them. I, I, I would say I like most of them. But there was some of them I didn't like. I liked the quantum suicide one. The one where the guys like putting the trigger. He's Pulling the trigger, he's like, every time I pull the trigger, I create a different universe. I will never die. He's like, oh, is this supposed to be plugged in? <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I love, I love uh, Twilight Zone. So it's like, I just, I enjoyed this a lot, even though it's they've taken, yeah, like you said, way back in the beginning of this, they've taken everything from the the opening, the stars, the font, everything is is the same. Yeah, that and that. Night Springs and the Scary Door from uh, Futurama as well. They did it. They did it good as well. But yeah, Quantum, Quantum Suicide was my, probably my favorite one. Um, kill her. And then Mr. Scratch gets introduced uh, by Thomas Zane, who's like, oh, we'll put him in the real world so that people won't realize you're gone or something like that. That was the kind of explanation I got from it. I'm just I don't, shrugging my shoulders. I don't really understand most of the story. It, he and makes I'm, sense in Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Which unfortunately is still sitting in my library. And so that means I'm going to have to probably play it at some point. Even I would say it's... It's skippable? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not nowhere near a sequel. And even even fans are like, oh. But I don't understand why it's the American Nightmare when this happens in America. So I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. It's American Nightmare because he's wearing a lumberjack shirt now, man. You know, he's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's got, like, automatic weapons this time. So, uh, yeah, so get the clicker. Mr. Scratch is introduced. Um, and then, I don't know, just skip right to the end here. Barbara Jagger has a... Because he's like, oh, she's got a hole where her heart should be because she's so cold. She doesn't have, have a heart. And then you get there and it's like, whoa, she actually does not have a heart. And she uh, basically puts the clicker into her hole. That's not going to sound right if you're listening to this in audio <laughs> and not watching the video part. But so he puts the clicker in, clicks it on, and then she lights up like a Christmas tree and dies. And I was like, oh, that was a bit anticlimactic. Um, and then we get a cutscene of Alan basically goes upstairs to finish the book because he's like, I'll never escape. I've got to write an ending. 
and we cut to Alice coming out of the lake, and the town seems to have, like re- reset, I suppose. But in- so it's like um, Rose is now Weaver. Rose is holding the lamp. Uh, Nightingale, Agent Nightingale, is like in the background watching everything. Like he's replaced Barbara Jagger, and it's like everything's reset, but the characters have been moved around, and so you're like. Oh, so this is like going to be a deja vu thing where it's like it's the the town trying to do everything again, but I don't know, whatever, you know. Um, do we want to get into what in the game is referred to as special one and two? Which I wrote down DLCs. something for that. They're short, man. They're 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 really short, actually. Where you get to shine a flashlight on words, and the words become something, yes. and it doesn't get old at all. Doing uh, it over and over, and then you and get over. to you get to walk through minefields where you can shine a light on enemies and make them spawn, or or an explosion which will catch you in the blast. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I was like, why am I getting damaged? It's like, oh, it's the light that I'm shining on. It's it's killing me. And the first time you do a word, you're not sure exactly what it means. Tools means like ammo and stuff. Yeah. But flash. I think just means you get a flare or something. Mm. Whereas some other things are like, oh, this is going to explode. Or, yeah, create another enemy. Luckily, some of those you just skirt around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because there's that bit where you're walking through. it's It's a literal word minefield. And there's birds attacking you from every corner. That are made out of books now as well. So it's like the, the the episode one gets really kind of they go for a more surreal kind of approach to the whole thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this. I, I I like the base game. I was not a huge fan of the gameplay of either of the DLCs, to be honest. I and if get, you didn't like Barry before, you're really not gonna like him now. Yeah, yeah. But I like the story. I like how they finalize the the story. They definitely add more to it and kind of for me tie up loose ends a bit more with the DLC. I think they tried, but I still feel like there's a lot that's left on. There is on purpose, but I think, and so they make it just, just vague enough. But for me, they did tie up enough of it. The signal is all about Thomas Zane, him and his, him and his diving suit. And so we get to find out about his story a bit more. We know a bit about him already, but so his wife died. She drowned in the lake. And then he discovered that he could use this power. Like when he was writing his poetry, it was coming to life. And so he's like, I wonder if I can bring back my wife. He does bring back his wife, but then she's taken over by Barbara Jagger's spirit. And so he becomes light and she becomes evil. And so they have this constant battle. But I mean, that's that's what they, I think they say that. I know, I'm rolling my eyes. It's not at you. It's ah, okay. the story itself. Because I I do want to get into kind of what it means, what it means, mm-hmm. and for me, mm-hmm. at least the way the story has been explained to me uh-huh. in the game, right? It seems as though there is a power here, mm-hmm. and I think, I mean, you know me, I'm much more. I don't want to believe it's a dream because then I feel like it doesn't have any real impact, right? So I don't want to believe that. Alan Wake is crazy and he's just seeing these things. I want to believe that some of this stuff is actually happening. Mm. But as it's been explained to me through multiple characters and multiple things, Alan Wake wrote this, right? And everything that he wrote came true. 
That's one way of interpreting it. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the way that I'm interpreting yeah. it. Because it seems like that's the way I keep getting told this over and over again. You wrote this. You wrote this. Mm. Oh, I have to write the ending. I have to finish mm. it. So there are a few problems with this. One, he has this whole monologue about, oh, to be a good horror movie, people have to die or almost die. Who said it has to be a horror? <laughs> well, you got to write what you know. But I thought he was writing. Well, he was writing detective stories. Detective stories, yeah, yeah. And he was. That's kind of my problem with what everybody is saying and doing when it doesn't make any sense. Right. It just seems like it's Alan Wake's poor writing. Mm-hmm. Which, by all means, if the developers want to say that was the plan, go ahead, use that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Alan Wake isn't a good writer. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. You set it up so you can hide behind that one. And I'll give you that one mm-hmm. in this one. But it does make me think, like, Alan Wick is not a great writer. I think that that's kind of evident from the manuscript pages we do read, which look like they're three paragraphs, but they're really just three sentences every yeah. time. <laughs> he likes really long sentences. Why is he questioned so much of everything if this is his story? I feel like kind of even if he wrote it, he would have a good idea of what's happening Mm. but why nearly kill himself why kill off so many of the other characters Mm -hmm. it makes no sense and to me it's kind of maddening if he's making these choices my big thing is i'm not sure thomas zane is real right i think thomas zane is very likely made up by alan wake and everything that thomas zane does to help him was wakes writing a character in there to help guide him when Mm -hmm. He apparently wrote that he forgot his memory. Yeah. I mean... Because why else did he lose his memory? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess one of his 12 car crashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the signal is well, let Thomas Zane. And let, then... Wait. Let me ask you first. Yeah. Is this one of your theories as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As one... I mean, because I've got, you said I've got you have three. But. Yeah. Three or maybe, maybe four. Because I, you, I you I, said something the other night in a message and on the stream that made me think, oh, actually we are on the same page, at least for this one theory. Yeah. Like, you've yeah. got others. Cause I, I mean, I definitely, and again, Sam Lake himself has been like, yeah, you, you make it up, you know, whatever works for you, you know, that's, that's, that's how it works. They've given you enough to not complete anything, but to, to allow you to make up your own endings. Basically. I put it as being so vague that it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, that, that's essentially... I've just sugarcoated it. <laughs> um, we do get to play Destruction Derby in The Signal, which was pretty bad. It wasn't great mechanics at all. Uh, I found myself just getting out of the car and flashing the flashlight around. And then the writer is what you said before, where we have to kill Barry and the old gods of Asgard who attack you with a flying V. <laughs> um, that, and they're running around everywhere. And then the game ends, and then he's like locked in. Uh so, yeah, he just sits down to write Departure. And then I wrote down here, is he just going to be locked in there forever in a loop? Does he escape? Was this uh, was he ever even real? Um, and then, yeah, so one of my theories was, no, Alan Wake. Okay, so, no, Alan Wake's not real. Thomas Zane wrote Alan Wake as someone in the dark world who could free him. So let's just go with the theory that Thomas Zane is real uh, because Cauldron Lake, that cabin is gone. And, you know, it disappeared in the 70s, right around Thomas Zane's time. He's written Alan Wake into existence. And how, how, are, and how are all these things happening? Um, because I think, in, 
because I think in control they say that the typewriter is what well, what do they call them? Not anomalies or something like that. I know what you're talking about that. Like, something artifacts. Something like. yeah. They they say like, you know, XR five two seven, the typewriter. This typewriter wrote things into existence. That doesn't fit with what they were going for. My my thing, I did I wasn't sure if we wanted to cover this, but does the DLC in control kind of fix the problem by saying it's definitely real? Or does it actually cause more problems because Alan Wake may have wrote control? Ah, that's right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. So, um, so is Alan Wake real? No. Thomas Zane wrote it all. And Alan Wake is a figment of our imagination. And we are basically controlling the avatar of Alan Wake going through this, this, this made up world. My second theory is kind of, <laughs> um, kind of real. Uh, there's a page written by Zane about Alan Wake before Alan Wake was even born, which you can find. But Alan Wake would have had to have written that in. So it becomes, I wrote down here, it becomes like a chicken and the egg kind of situation. You know, you can't, you just, it's, you can't escape it. Um, and I, I said, I think that's completely intentional is, so did, did Zane write Wake or did Wake write Zane? You know, we'll never really know. Um, and then I say, I, I would say, I said, yes, Alan Wake is real, but I can't really find anything concrete to say that he is. It's like, um, here's my take on that. Going from my theory is that if Alan Wake is real, I think it's a little bit easier, at least for me to take because he wrote Thomas Zane and he also wrote what Thomas Zane wrote. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That would make, that would be the, definitely the most common sense way to look at it is like, right. and he's real and he wrote that's everything. That's much me. So that is probably the easier one for me <clears throat> but to take. I, but I but would you say, could have it the other way around with Thomas Zane. Thomas Zane created Alan Wake and created everything Alan Wake also wrote. So. Exactly. Also in control, Jesse Faden talks about Thomas Zane and no one else knows who Thomas Zane is. She seems to be the only person who knows who Thomas Zane actually is. And so, yeah, so then I'm thinking, all right, so did Alan Wake, is Control a novel by Alan Wake as well? Like, what could be the possible, like, reason for that? But you can, you, that's where you're going into, like, just unknown territory. I could say anything I wanted to. I could say magic bananas and aliens from outer, outer space. You know, it could be anything. And actually, Given what we saw in control, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so the idea of Alan Wake actually writing control is quite cool, I think. Uh, that's a really, that would be such an interesting idea if that is true and the hiss and everything is just all part of his world. But the only problem is it doesn't really, the reason that he was writing stuff in was to help him. And unless there's Alan Wake 2 where Jesse Faden comes to Cauldron Lake if there's, if she is like the end game, like it was all about getting her to come, just like Thomas Zane for Alan Wake, like that would be pretty cool. Like if the, if they end it concretely, then that would be, you know, you could may, maybe even you could forgive them for all the vagueness that they've done if they ended it on a solid note. Quite possibly, but it would have to really pull everything <laughs> together. And from what I've seen from these two, I'm not sure that they've got that in them. Yeah, I mean, maybe they could. Bring Quantum Break in as well, and they I can. I think Quantum Break is in the same universe, but there's no mention. Oh, there is. There's Night Springs in Quantum Break as okay. well, 
So they could bring them all together, but I just don't see... Let me put it this way. I'm skeptical that they can actually put together an ending that will make it all, for me, feel worthwhile and that will actually make everything come together. I think when you come to it with the mindset of, I'm going to make it so that you can create the story you want with the pieces I give you, that's not the type of style that leads to, oh, and by the way, now we can finish it and put all the pieces together. And then my, my final theory is, maybe they're both not real and it's all just a video game. Like very meta? Yeah. Like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it could be. I certainly feel like there was semi-fourth wall breaking. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I got a feeling that, yeah, it's just like we're just controlling the avatar of Alan. We are Alan. and But I suppose you can pretty much shoehorn that theory into any video game. Pretty much. And I think that maybe for Alan Wake, because it's so much older, I would forgive that a bit more. But that's been hit a lot. There's a lot of fourth mm. wall breaking in games that have happened over the last decade. Yeah. To the point where it's almost becoming a trope and I kind of don't want to see it. There are amazing ones that can pull it off, like Pony Island. Mm -hmm. But then there are others where it's like, wouldn't this be funny if, oh, sometimes I feel like I'm a character being controlled by some hands with a controller. Come (laughs) on. like It just gets thrown out there a lot. I think if you wanted that, I would need some more evidence of it. And I don't think we really have that. Yeah. But it's it's a fun theory. And I think that maybe, again, that's part of why these games work for you, is you love those fun theories. And I want them to not make something so vague. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's happening. I want the story to be written. Gaps filled the more gaps created. 